Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Everything Jesus podcast. I'm Dr. Billy Birch, and this is my wife, Kim. Hi, everybody. And we're in episode 35 in the life of Jesus. This is the Everything Jesus podcast. And as we look through this account, I think it's really a very practical account, and it has a lot of business idea to it and wealth and possessions and right. and some really fun things that I think all of us think about all the time, right. you know? You know, as we were talking about this right before we turned this recording on, we were kind of talking about what word would we use to sum up what we were seeing here. And the word that had come to my mind was the idea of assets. Yeah. What assets yeah. do you have? You know, and when we throw that word around in culture, often we think, what assets do I have? Okay, well, how much do I have in the bank? Do I have anything in a retirement account? Is there anything in my wallet beyond credit cards? You know, what are my assets? I'm sort of thinking the the monetary, um, you know, substance that I have to my name. And I think, you know, of assets, when I look at that and I'm looking at this story, I think of the whole word stewardship. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to get to those. It doesn't actually use that word in the version that we're using. Um, it uses the word servant. But what is a steward? but a manager. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just an older word. We don't use it very much, but it really means somebody who's managing. It's not talking about an owner. It's talking mm -hmm. about somebody who's managing the owner's wealth right. or the owner's possessions or business or restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, a steward is somebody who's taking care of something for the owner. Yeah. And, and Jesus is going to talk about this in a way that goes beyond the monetary um, possessions that we have. It's beyond our money. It's, yeah. it's bigger than that. You know? yeah. So we're going to look at an illustration, and then as we talk about it, hopefully you'll see, boy, my assets are way more than just how much money I have That's or right. how many investments I have. That's right. And my managing is like a big part of what I'm doing here. Why, yeah. why am I even here still? That's, that's right. So in Matthew 25, we're going to start at verse 14. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. So there you have the principle. You know, that principle of stewardship that says right here, he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Mm -hmm. So he expected that there was going to be something good that happens with his money. Hey, I've got to be gone so y'all run my business mm -hmm. and I want a successful business, you know? Yeah. So from the get-go, we every time we look at a parable, you kind of have to decode it. Like who is what and where am I in this story? Yeah. So, you know, as we're looking at it, the man who's going on this long trip is like Jesus, okay? Jesus has been right. gone a That's long right. time at That's this right. point in history. You know, he's telling us, he's giving us an inkling. It's going to feel like he's gone on a really long trip. And that's what it feels like. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus was last here on the earth. So the man going on this long trip is Jesus. He has entrusted his servants, yep. who are us, yep. with some valuables that they're supposed to be doing something with while he's gone. Right. And he is going to return. 
just like yes. the manager said, hey, I'm going to be coming back, or he's just assumed, you know, everybody is, assumes that when he comes back, he, he wants a good account of what's happened to his possessions, right, you know? Right, right. And that's something that, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few episodes, uh, a couple episodes that are yet to come. What does it mean that Jesus is returning? You know, that, yeah. it, it's, if you're just new to the faith, you're like, what the heck are these people yeah. talking about that they think Jesus is returning? Right. But in this story, he promises that he will come again. So we are in between here. We're in between when Jesus told the story and when he returns. Yeah, and we'll get to that, like yeah. you said, in a later episode. But I, th- I think another thing that's very interesting in this very beginning of the story, it says he divided it in proportion to their abilities. And that's all wrapped up in the sovereignty of God, that God knows best, God chooses, so he gives all of us you know, our gifts and abilities and talents. And and I I think we should probably talk through that a little bit and what that means. But he's giving these things, the the, the boss here is giving you things in proportion to their abilities. So he gave, we'll we'll get to what he gave. Actually, he says it right here. He gave five bags to one, two bags to another, and one to another. Yep. I mean, he wasn't being unfair. Mm-hmm. He was just saying, okay, here's my best player. I'm going to give him 10. Right. Here's- so, yeah, he gives them what he knows they can handle well. Yeah, right. And then here's five. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not my best investment person, but he might be my best, you know, social person, connect relationships okay. or something like that. So he's like, you get five, um, you know, and then one, the, you know, who knows what's what he's thinking about him, but at the same time, It's in proportion to how God has gifted us, how he's made us individuals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're alluding to another little symbol that we need to decode here. In this story, it's these bags of money. Okay? Yeah. In our lives, it's not just the financial end of things that the Lord has entrusted to us. So we think of them in sort of arenas. What are the arenas that have been entrusted to us? Well, for one, our time. That's right? right. In fact, it says right here that the the master would be gone for a long time, and this time is the period where opportunity exists. That's you know, right. I have been given time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. I assume I'm going to live to an old age. I don't know that to be true. Yeah, that's true. But I'm given time that's entrusted to me. Yep, and that is the opportunity. That's the sphere. Yes. That's the boundary of opportunity we've been given right now. So we have time. What are we using our time for? What is it that we are doing with our time? that the master, Jesus, while he's gone, could say, I want you to invest it well. Mm-hmm. I want to come back and see a good account, right? Yeah. He's given me some time to mm-hmm. work with. Another arena of something that's been entrusted to us is our ability, right? Mm-hmm. Our capacity to produce something, the skills that I have, the the unique talents that I've been given, my abilities, that's another arena. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then sort of the last category I think of are my resources. Yeah. What do I have in my hands? Okay, mm-hmm. it could be financial. It could be where I live. You know, it could be the fact yep. that I get to live in this part of the world. Oh, my goodness, that's a huge resource yeah. that's been entrusted yeah. to me. Maybe even my influence. What what sphere of people do I touch? That's a resource that I have that yeah. I want to be using for the Lord. Okay, right. so the, the three arenas are your time your ability, and your resources. Yeah. So you yeah, as the time, listener, ability, resources. think that through. Some people say time, talents, treasure. Mm-hmm. You know, it all starts with a T and it makes people remember things, you know. And when I look at the time, we've already explained that, but when we look at the t- 
talents and the gifts that God has given us, our personalities, our skills, that's really exciting to think about. Mm. This is a really fun thing to think through. God, who have you made me to be? Mm-hmm. And all I can do is I'm good. I know somebody that works on our staff that loves numbers. Mm. She's our director of finance, right? She loves numbers. Mm. I mean, she might have said at one point, God, what can you do with me? Because what I love is numbers. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't like numbers, <laughs> like numbers, you know, yeah. and, and yet God has given me other gifts and abilities and you other gifts and abilities. And God's given us all these different things, all these gifts, spiritual gifts, even, and that's worth investing into his kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, even for our treasures, I think you, you bring up a good point. We in the United States, uh, are, live in a very wealthy country. We have resources, we have money to give. And how are we using that? Mm-hmm. Are, are we are we actually using it for self? Are we using it for the kingdom purposes? Are we helping the poor? Are we, you know, it's all these things that are combined so that we can evaluate what would God want us to do with it? He has handed it to us. Yeah. Yeah. And now he wants us to do something good with it. Yeah. I had a, a keychain one time and I lost it many years ago, but it had Psalm 24, mm-hmm. one on it. Hmm. And it just said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And that's what it said. And I think it was alluding to, if you ever lose your keys, God knows where they are. Okay. <laughs> the earth is real okay. big. I think it, it, was a, it was a little bit of a so joke. Pun. But I always kept that on my keychain because I really liked it. I was mm. like, the earth is the Lord's. This is all his. Mm. The whole fullness of it, it's all his. Right. And, and so that goes back to what we were talking about before, that we are stewards and managers. We're not owners. Right. We don't live that way in our culture. Yeah. I think yeah, especially right. in America, we think, I worked hard to get this. It's mine. I own it. Yeah. I might share it with a couple of people I like, but it's it's mine. And I get 99.9% yeah. of it, and I might share a little bit with someone else. I think that's sort of our mindset. That, you is, know? that is very true. And really the mindset that the scriptures and what this is mm-hmm. saying is that it all belongs to the Lord, yeah. that he's given something to us yeah. to manage. Yeah. And so we need to do well with it. I heard it said this way, kingdom stewardship is the responsibility to faithfully protect and expand the resources God has entrusted to me as a manager on his behalf. Mm. I need to Mm -hmm. be protecting and expanding these resources. He's given them to me that I can do something useful with. That's that's really good. Well, on in the story, it says, um, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Hmm. So now we have a description of, of what these people have done, what these servants have done for their master. You had two of these people, the, the one who was given five bags and one who was given two, doubled mm-hmm. what the master had given them. He earned, you know, five more, he earned two more. And then we have the one who just buried it in the ground. Right. He really jumps out at you in the story. He, he You're like, does. what was he thinking? Yeah. You know? Now, let's let's face it. Let's be real about this. When you have five bags of silver, or if you have two bags of silver, okay, no matter how many you have, and you go and it says you invest it, you, you took a risk. Yeah. You always take a risk in investing something. 
And mm. they actually stepped out in faith or, or whatever they stepped out into, wisdom or business knowledge or something or or the relationships they had with somebody and said, we are going to do something really good with this. We're going to invest it. And this could all fall apart. Hmm. This could go really badly. Um, I've always thought about this. You know, when I used to get yelled at by a coach and when I was playing sports, um, they would never yell at me for an aggressive mistake. Hmm. They would yell at me for doing the wrong thing, making the, doing the wrong assignment or, 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 uh, you know, obviously coaches will yell at players if they're lazy or just mm-hmm. not doing what they were told to do. But I, I would, it would never be a screaming match if it was an aggressive mistake. Mm-hmm. You, you did what you thought you should do and did it a hundred percent. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at it this way when you're investing and you're taking that risk, it's like, this is going to be risky and this might not go well but I think this is the right thing to do. And if I think it's the right thing to do, I'm going to go for it with everything I have. Okay. You know? I like that picture, that word of an aggressive mistake, taking a risk. So as I'm thinking, you know, we said the three categories, you know, do I take any risks with my time? Do I give my time somewhere that feels a little risky because I think there might be opportunity there? Do I take risks with my abilities? Do I say, let me try this over here. Mm -hmm. I've not ever done Mm -hmm. that. But I might be able to. Let me take a risk there. Do I take risks with my resources? Do I say, I'm not going to hang on to all of this. I'm going to take a risk and share it with this person over here that might really benefit from it. And and what they do with it is up to them. You know, sometimes we give money reluctantly. Well, what are they going to do with it? It's going to waste my money. It's like, if God is calling you to give, give, you know. And I think a lot of people, uh, obviously, we always try and um, recruit volunteers for what we do at the church. And a lot of times people are just afraid to lead a, a community group or lead a, or teach a Sunday school yeah. or something like that. It's like, wait a minute, God's given you the ability here and given you a desire. Go ahead and take the risk. Yeah. You know, see what you he's going to do with it. Multi, he'll multiply. Yeah. What you're talking about reminds me a little bit of sort of a humbling experience I had recently. We were in Baltimore and driving through and there was a woman standing there with a sign, a cardboard sign saying she was homeless and needed money. And from a distance, I looked at her skeptically. I'm like, I don't know that she's really homeless. And then she started walking between well, the cars. I think because of the way she was dressed or She looked like, like she really was yeah. very together. Yeah. As she started walking between the cars... I was I was like, ah, oh, well, okay, I might give her something. And I had a box of granola bars and a jar of peanuts in my car. Mm-hmm. And I rolled my window down. And as I looked at her and I looked her in the eyes, I saw this is a broken woman. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. what on earth her story is. But she is. She just looked very broken when I got mm-hmm. up close to her. And I gave her my, my granola bars Whatever and my peanuts. Had. And I was yeah. like, that... <laughs> I was almost unwilling to give that little meager resource to someone that I thought was not maybe worthy of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But when I got close enough to see in her eyes, I'm like, oh my goodness, she is so hurting. And I felt like doing that was so small at that point. But, you know, just whatever resources are at my disposal, what am I doing with them? Am I willing to take a risk? It felt like a very small risk, but... It it honestly changed me deeply when I when I saw yeah, this that, woman. Up that's close. awesome. That's awesome. But, you know, and, and then the servant that jumps out out of us and says he had one bag of silver. He dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Let's talk about that a minute. Hmm. Um, he was not willing to take a risk. Yeah. He he only wanted to give the money back to the master. Um, 
And that is kind of unfortunate. Mm -hmm. He just buried it. He didn't care much about what he wanted to do for the master or in in terms of the kingdom. He was thinking about self, self self-preservation. This is about self-preservation. I do not want to lose this money as it's going to come down on me. And so I'd rather not do anything than do something to save face or to save whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's all about self-preservation. Yeah. And I think there might have even been something in his mind that said, there's a chance that guy might not come back. And I want to have this money for myself if he never shows up again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have lost any of it. So there was kind of disrespect all around. Disrespect yeah, of yeah. the for the word of the master who said he was coming back and disrespect for his wishes, you know. Mm-hmm. I had jotted down here that the other two who invested the money well, they knew the master well enough to know his wishes and they mm. respected him enough to honor his wishes. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So are we doing that? Are we living that way? Right. Well, verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I think what jumps out at me real quickly is his praise and celebration was equal. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it, it just, it just because five got five more or two got two more, it's all about God saying, I'm appropriating what I give you according to your abilities, according to what abilities you have. And I'm convinced that the one that he gave five bags of silver was the best businessman on his workforce. Sure. I think the man who was given two probably was the best person on his workforce at something else. Mm -hmm. But he was a pretty good investor, Mm -hmm. trustworthy, and he got two more. Mm -hmm. And he praised them both equally. Interesting. You know what I mean? So we're not comparing ourselves to other people as far as when I look at somebody else and I say, you have so much more going for you than I do. What what can I do? I can't do anything compared to what that person can do. But the Lord is saying, hey, what can you do with what I've given you? Yeah might not look the same. It's going to look different on each person. But yeah. what are you doing with what has been given to you? And, and don't you love that, you know, he was, it's almost that return that they get. Okay, you've shown me that in this, what I have given you, in this small little thing, even something as small as what you did for that homeless woman, you've been faithful with that. I'm going to allow you to be faithful of more. Mm. You know, and I'm going to give you opportunities for more. And God does that all the time. He Mm. sees us as, wow, you've done good with this. Now I'm going to open up some doors and give you more territory, more responsibilities, and allows us to do more for his kingdom when we show ourselves faithful with the little. Mm. And that's a principle here. And then I think it always jumps out at me, let's celebrate together. I do like that, yeah. You know, I mean, honestly... That just doesn't happen much in our culture. Hmm. I mean, when I talk to a lot of people in a lot of jobs, and whether they like their job a little bit or hate their job, there's just not a lot of celebration. There's not a lot of time where the company comes together and truly just celebrates something good that has happened 
I think that's a big deal right now. And I think that a lot of businesses and a lot of churches and a lot of organizations want to do that. And so there are books written about it and everything. Mm. Celebrate, man, celebrate. These are good things. You you know, we are people. We want to celebrate. We're, we're about moving forward about something. Let's celebrate it. Mm. And I think this boss, man, this owner of this business had it right. Yeah. He's yeah. like, we're going to celebrate this. I came back and you doubled the bags of money. Man, let's go out to dinner. We're just going to have a great time. You know, yeah. I don't know what it was, but I think that is really worthwhile. Right. Life is hard. So mm-hmm. to take that time to celebrate and reflect on, you know, I stepped out. I took a risk. I did this. Yeah. And something happened. To, to find somebody to share in that with you is just such a yeah. neat feeling. And to know, you know, with the symbolism that's going on here, our master mm-hmm. celebrates with us when things mm-hmm. go well, even when... The other, the watching world misses it. Yeah, the master doesn't. Jesus sees it. He sees that I took a risk. Right. He sees that I sacrificed something. That's right. And he would celebrate that moment with me. That's right. And he says, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." You know that is something that Jesus. We hope that Jesus says to us. I hope he says that to me. Yeah. You know, with all the things that I feel like you know are, are going on, and all the decisions I have to make, and all the mistakes I've made, I just, I just want to hear that. Yeah. Don't you? Right. You know, it's kind we of like... want him to find us to be dependable. Yeah, exactly. We would do what he would want us to do. That if he was right here giving me instruction, that that's, that's what right. I'm doing. That's right. Well, let's see. We start at verse 24. Do you want to read that section? Okay. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Now, that's an interesting response. You know, um, the servant, here's what, here's what gets me about the story. This servant kind of seemed like he has an attitude toward the boss. Doesn't oh. it feel like that? Master, mm. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Would you say that to your boss? Ah. I wouldn't say that to my boss. Especially knowing that they have been entrusted with what the boss knows they are capable of. Yeah. So and he's it, accusing him of, of choosing poorly. Yeah, exactly. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. It's almost like, look, here's your money back. Mm-hmm. This is what you asked me to do. Here's your money back. Mm-hmm. I just think there was an a, an attitude. Uh, I think just this self-perpetuating, you know, um, self-preservation in this whole thing. I was afraid I would lose your money. I hid it. Mm-hmm. It's all about him. Yeah. So even that beginning opening paragraph kind of lets me see, I have a little bit of insight into this man's heart. And it's like, I don't want us to be that. Mm. But we are so preoccupied with self, Mm. self self-preservation, self, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but I I don't want us to be that in, in response to God's kingdom and what he has asked us to do to be partakers in his kingdom, 
that we're not willing to take a risk in that, mm. that we're just about, oh, I just want to play to safe. Mm. I don't want anybody to think I'm weird. Right. I, I don't want to fly under the radar. I want to fly under the radar. I don't want even people to think I'm a believer mm. because they might think something different of me. They, they might have this weird thought. Man, we've got to take the risk, man. Mm. He's just all about preserving self. Uh, you know what I mean? Point. I was afraid yeah. I would lose your money. I hid it. Okay. I was afraid, so I hid. Okay. Kind of, you mm. know. Boy, you know, what? You, when you just said it that way, it made me think of back in the Garden of Eden. I was afraid, so I hid. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's exactly what it's Adam true. and Eve were doing in the garden because of their sin. Yeah. Very interesting how, Very interesting how much we would tend to hide rather than step out and take a risk. Yeah, man. Okay, so, yeah. so reframing this whole thing, yeah. just to remember where we're coming from, where we're going, we're talking about what it's like to live in God's kingdom, yep. what it's like to be a follower of Christ. Yep. Jesus has gone away. He's given. He's entrusted some things to me for me to manage, and I can either step out and take a risk and multiply potentially multiply what I've been given, which is the goal that Mm -hmm. it wouldn't just be me Mm -hmm. alone showing up in heaven, that my salvation would have been multiplied in other people's lives, that it would have had a repercussion. Or I can show up very self with this self-preserving mindset of at least I'm saved, but I'm not willing to risk to share it with anybody else. I don't want to step out and use any of my resources, my time, my abilities, my influence. My voice, my my words. I will not do that in risk. Exactly. But I'll at least show up having my own self there. Yeah, man. I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to multiply. Okay. So, so that's what we're looking at here. Very interesting. I like what you said about him hiding. And so the master ended up replying something. I'm like, wow, that was harsh. You wicked and lazy servant. You know, it's like, um, maybe that's not words we would use these days, but basically what he's getting at is you, you knew I'm asking you to do a lot. You, you know, I'm asking you to work in this kingdom work, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But what you've done is you've made it all about yourself. Mm. The kingdom is all about God and others, God and others, God and others. You've made it about yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, once again, he even said, at very least, you could have just deposited this money in the bank and you'd have gotten some interest on it. Okay. At very least, hmm. you know. Which makes an interesting point that maybe a first step for somebody who's fearful and apprehensive like this, maybe a first step is do something that's not all that risky. Do yeah. something that has a low level of risk that you can use your resources Man, on. Man, that's so true. If you don't really know how to talk to somebody about Jesus, just invite him to church one day. Okay. At least do that. Right. If you want to do something, but you're afraid to re- go volunteer at church, mm. just do something, man. There's all kinds of needs in all kinds of churches, you know, especially ours, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, and I just feel like we're missing something when we don't approach life that way. Okay. Just show up to something. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you see success in that, see, this was the crazy part. You see success in that, and all of a sudden you get this little bit of a hunger. It's okay. like, man, that worked out really good. I'm going to go do that again yeah. and again. And then God begins to enlarge the territory, enlarge the people you have influence over, and does a really great kingdom work through you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so great. Mm. So then it says, um, you know, at least you could have gotten some interest on it. And then, you know, you have this very strange section at the very end. Do you want to read that? Okay. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. 
To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That sounds really harsh. The first part, I get it. You know what I mean? You know, here's this bag of silver. I'm giving it to this man. He's going to do something great with it for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So it's going over there. You've lost your opportunity. I'm going to give it to somebody else. Mm. I've heard people use that before. Listen, if you don't use your your gift and do this thing that God has given you the opportunity to do, he's going to give that opportunity to somebody else and you'll have missed out. I've heard people say that before. And and to a certain extent, that's true. Yeah. Um, but then, right, because the Lord's work will get done. It will get done. So if if you don't want to be the one that's used for it, the Lord's going to put that assignment on someone yeah. else, but you're then going to miss that blessing. That's right. That's right. So take the risk. Yeah. Take the risk, man. Um, now throw this useless servant in outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think that's very confusing to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, the emotion behind that. And I feel like it's the emotion of regret. Yes. Deep regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So contrast the deep regret that the unfaithful servant experiences with the celebration and the commendation that the other servants yeah. get. You know, yeah. they they get this well done, let's celebrate together. But he's got this this cloud of regret. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about time being a resource and that time is the sphere in which there is opportunity. Yep. Time will end for each of us. Yep. And the window closes and it's over. I don't have time here on earth anymore to do the Lord's work. So why not go ahead and risk right now? You know, I I will then later look back with regret if I haven't invested it now. Tomorrow's not the day to give it a try. Today Today is. is Today is the day to give it a try, to step out into that opportunity. Yep. Man, that's, that's really great. So good for us to be thinking through this this period of time. So this is one of the parables that Jesus gives as he is continuously moving towards the cross. He knows it's ahead, and he's trying to get some last lessons in on, this is what my kingdom is like. This is how it's going to work when I'm gone. We're going to have two scenes in the next episode that we'll talk about that we will see some of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on that will get Jesus to the cross. How does the Son of God end up on the cross? We'll see some scenes that go on. That's awesome. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, thank you for this time you've given us. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for giving us what we need, Lord, what you want to give us to be good stewards of what you want us to do, of this kingdom work that you that you have for us. You've given us time. You've given us abilities. You've given us resources. And Lord, I pray that we can use those things for your kingdom and you can expand your kingdom through us, Lord. Help us to be willing to take risks. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.